Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Today I've titled this message, Freedom, No Condemnation. Say that with me, Freedom, No Condemnation. How many are thankful that you don't have to live in a world that you're, you're condemned? That you, can, that you walk around with your head beat down because of what people have said or what people have thought. Jesus Christ came to save you of all that. Amen? Amen. Now, before we go there, let's bow our heads and let's pray that God would just touch our hearts. Father, this morning or this afternoon, we come before you, Lord, and we just open our hearts to you right now. We open our hearts to your word. We pray, God, that you would touch every person here watching, every person listening to this now live online or uh, later online. We pray, Father, your blessing, Father, that you would give us understanding from your word that, God, that we are not to walk in condemnation, but, Lord, to walk in the freedom that you have given us as believers. We pray that today for everyone here. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, having said that, each of us know that we serve a holy God. That's established in the Old Testament. A holy God, meaning that no sin can dwell in the presence of a holy God. Wherever God is, there can be no sin, no evil, and we know that. In order to be in His presence, the wonderful sacrifice of the cross that we sang about had to take effect. The cross was done for you and I. In fact, the saying goes that if, if nobody else had been here on this earth and you were the only one, Jesus still would have gone to the cross for you and for you and for you. He would have gone to the cross willingly, even though he knew full well what you've done. Let that sink in. That's how amazing his love is. The cross has given us so many spiritual blessings which we touched on last week when I spoke on free from the grasp of sin. And so today, this reminder is that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross provides us salvation, redemption. It provides us justification and it provides us freedom. The freedom to walk around and live our lives not in condemnation or ashamed of a past, but in Justification to know that you are now justified in the sight of the Lord. Because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's what does the Lord think. Amen. What does the Lord think? There's something else that the power of the cross accomplishes in the life of a believer. And that's what I'm emphasizing here today. Is that you and I stand here, sit here, no longer condemned. No longer condemned. What a beautiful thing that is, because I don't know about you, but the past doesn't affect you anymore. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how many times you were arrested, or what you were accused of. It's all under the yeah. blood. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah for that? Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You do not have to have condemnation hanging over you any longer. And if you're here today, and that's a struggle for you, I want to remind you, and I, and I pray, and I hope that this word will sink into your spirit, into your heart, and set you free. 
that it doesn't matter what anybody may say, what anybody may think, it's what does God say? Amen? What does God say? So here's where I want to go. I want to have you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. If you have your Bibles open to the most well-known quoted verse in the Bible, there's two, uh, two verses, three verses I want to read, starting in John chapter 3 and verse 16. And the NIV version says it this way, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You know, it's amazing that video we just watched. It's amazing that what Jesus didn't do, and make sure you capture this, what Jesus didn't do was, how come you were in that house? Or how come you were over there where you had no business? Amen? He didn't go there. What he did was, he took her and he said, go and sin no more. That's the God of redemption. That's the God that you and I serve. But sometimes we mistakenly confuse that and allow, and I'm getting ahead of myself because there's another scripture we're going to read, but allow the devil to show or fire his fiery darts at us and accuse us of things that may be true or not, but we continue to live in that as if it's still present. When God set you free from that years ago. Amen? And for me, it's, it irritates me because people live like that in condemnation. They choose to, or, to carry that when they should have let that go years ago. Amen. God's love for you and I, can I just tell you this, is so amazing. It's so incomprehensible, so undeniable that you and I are no longer condemned. The Word of God clearly tells you that. You see, the only person that is condemned is a guilty person. A guilty person is condemned. When you, when you see a guilty person go in a courtroom before a judge and a jury, at some point, that judge and jury is going to pronounce a guilty verdict because that person is guilty. But how many are thankful here that are thankful that Jesus is now your judge and your jury? And he has pronounced you innocent. He has paid the price for your penalty. And he said, go and sin no more. Amen. That is a beautiful thing. That is an awesome thing. It's an amazing thing. Because you don't have to live in that sense of the past. And that's where I want to go to with the next scripture I have for you. Found in Romans chapter 8. And really this is where I'm going to be speaking from. Romans chapter 8. Starting in verse 1, I want to read a couple of verses, first three verses to you. First two verses, excuse me. It says in Romans chapter 8, Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. There is now, say it with me, there is now, there is now. No, condemnation no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus, or through Christ Jesus, 
the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That is one of the most glorious, most beautiful passages in the entire Bible because it tells you and I that there is now no condemnation. List the thing. Right now you're thinking of those things that you and I have done, that you've done in the past, that you've been accused of. You're thinking of them, possibly. Let me remind you right now, as a believer in Christ, God Himself does not condemn you for that. Because He's forgiven you and declared you innocent, declared you justified because of His mercy and His grace. That is a beautiful thing. I should have titled this, It's a Beautiful Thing. Because it is. But here's the problem. If we're honest with ourselves, there there are moments that you and I have that we can all begin to feel condemned. We can feel condemned. No matter how many years you've been a believer, no matter how many years you've been a pastor, there will be moments you will feel condemned. You may be here today battling condemnation. On the outside, everything looks good, looks hunky-dory, looks great. In fact, people may be thinking, man, I wish I had it together like that person. And on the inside, you're battling condemnation. Let me remind you of this scripture. Also, um, one more scripture here found in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. I don't know if we have that and uh, we don't have that or we do have that. Yes, it's going to be up on the screen. There it is. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. It's talking about the enemy. It's talking about Satan himself, the enemy of our souls. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brothers and sisters of God, the family of God. He goes about daily accusing you and I of things that you are no longer held accountable for. That's his job. Is he goes day and night before God accusing you of things that you've been forgiven of. And as believers, we have to know that we have this enemy who wants to take you out spiritually. And he does this by condemning you, by firing these thoughts at you. You know, he does this and and bringing accusations against you and I. And and the way he does that is is those thoughts. All of a sudden, as, as those thoughts begin to appear in your mind, look at what he did. Look at what she did. Look at what he said. Look at what she said. And all these thoughts nonstop begin to occur in your mind, possibly from the enemy. He does not want you to have what he could never have. And that is to be free from condemnation. You see, he is condemned into an eternal hell forever and ever. And it's coming, but he wants to take people with him. He wants to destroy lives. And he wants to take as many people with him as he possibly can. But here's what I want to also touch on today. There is another accuser besides the enemy of our soul. Besides the enemy that wants to take you down today, there is another accuser. And that is when you and I, with our mind, with our own thoughts, begin to condemn ourselves begin to condemn ourselves whenever we do wrong, whenever we get out of line or say something. 
question for you right now is this, is why is it that if we fall short and make a mistake, we can immediately begin to beat ourselves up, possibly? That might be you here today. You may be trying to do the very best you can, and, and the minute you seem to not do it the way so-and-so told you, or what you thought was the way to do it, you begin to beat yourself up. Again, the scripture said the accuser is firing these accusations at us as believers. But we also have our own thoughts. Sometimes it's our own thoughts that bring us down. Sometimes we don't even need the enemy to bother us. It's our own thoughts that will accuse us and bring us down. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? You can have thoughts that will just destroy you. Yes. And, and I believe that suicide is, is, is uh, sometimes it's affected by, by Satan himself and, and the angels of hell that will provoke a person to commit suicide. But I also believe that it's, it's the thoughts that we think of ourselves that will also lead us down there, down that path. Again, we have to be aware that there are accusations against us. You see, the thought of judgment, the thought you're not good enough, you haven't done enough. You don't measure up. You didn't get it all done. You don't do enough for your children as a parent. You don't do enough for your parents as children. You don't do as much as for others as they do for you. You have a messy house. You spend too much time cleaning your house and not enough time with your spouse. You spend too much time with your kids and not enough time with your spouse. It just goes back and forth. You're always condemning yourself if you're not careful because condemnation is a trick of the enemy. And Jesus Christ came to set us free from all that. See, we blow it each time we start gaining momentum. We can start doing well, but here's, let me share again what happens. Just as you start doing good in your life, you say things you regret and you get angry easily. You think bad thoughts. And you don't have the right clothes. And you eat too much. And you don't exercise enough. And you don't pray enough. And you don't read the Bible enough. And you don't serve in the church enough. And then you start serving and you feel that you're not resting enough. And then you start to rest and the condemnation tells you you're not doing enough. Amen? That's how it works, that cycle of condemnation. And Jesus Christ came to set you free from all that. I'm speaking to somebody here that needs to hear that today. It's a constant struggle back and forth and back and forth. We can't live under the spirit of accusation and condemnation. You are not walking in freedom if that's truly where you're at. If you live this way, let me tell you, you're always going to be miserable. You'll be miserable. And you know who doesn't like Hanging around miserable people? Everybody else. We don't like, who likes to hang around miserable people? Nobody does. Nobody likes to hang around miserable, miserable people that look like they've been sucking on sour lemons all day long. Like that. Jesus came to set you free from this type of condemnation. And that's what I want to Speak on for the next few moments here. How to be free from that condemnation. Let me show you a scripture that if you've not read before will help you set you free. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 
And we have that up on the screen. Listen to these words so carefully. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Talking about Jesus. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's what I'm, that scripture is telling us. Is that you have to live now in this moment as the righteousness of God. That's why that video that we just watched, which is a perfect illustration of this, Jesus could look at this adulterous woman and tell her, go and sin no more. And last week, we watched the video on Matthew, the tax collector, which I've played here before again. And it just said, Matthew, come and follow me. See, Jesus doesn't dwell on the past. Once you choose to follow him, he knows the past is gone forever. It's us that get stuck in the present and in the past rather than looking forward to the future. We have to begin to look at ourselves and our lives from the perspective that we're no longer condemned, but we're now the righteousness of God. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Now say it like you believe it. I am the righteousness of God. When you begin to condemn yourself, I want you to say that and declare that. Because that's what the Word of God declares that you are. You are the righteousness of God. Doesn't matter what some teacher said, some professor said, some auntie or uncle or mom or dad even, or ex-husband or ex-wife. It doesn't matter what they said. What did God say? And His Word says, you are the righteousness of God. Amen. Pray from that perspective. Live your life from that perspective that you are the righteousness of God. Pray with boldness. Pray with authority. Pray for healing. Pray. Pray. But see, here's the problem. If you feel condemned, if you're living condemned and in condemnation, you're not going to pray with boldness or authority. Because... You're going to be thinking to yourself, well, who am I to pray? How can God use me? How can God hear my prayer? You minimize who you are. When God Almighty said, hey, look, you're the righteousness of God. Let me remind you of this. Sin will convict you, but the Holy Spirit will draw you to him. The Holy Spirit will draw all men to him, the Bible says. And let me follow that up with this question. At what point then, if you're still thinking you're not good enough, at what point then do you become good enough? Have you ever thought about that? At what point do you become good enough? It's a rhetorical question. It's a silly question because you're never going to be good enough. All of us, we fall short. But this scripture right here tells you and I right now that you are Good enough. You are the righteousness of God because of Him, because of what He did, not because of you or your, your attendance at church or how much you give to the church or anything like that. It's because of what He did on the cross. Amen? Amen. Now here's three things I want to talk to you about that, that rob you. Condemnation robs you of. So there are three things. There's many more, but the three things I want to touch on that 
condemnation will rob you of. Number one, it will rob you of your happiness. I, when I say that word, and as I was preparing this, I thought of our brother Wayne. Wayne Dismuke, who's now celebrating in his eternal glory and his eternal reward with God Almighty. One of Wayne's continuous, constant prayers was that people would just get along, be happy, be joyful. He would always pray that. He would pray that. You would ask him, uh, what's your number one prayer, Wayne? And he would say, well, that people would get along, that they would be happy. How many want to see a happy world? Uh, I don't see it right now. There's mass shooting after mass shooting if you read the headlines. The FedEx shooting, one this morning in Texas, another one. I mean, next week there's probably going to be another one. People are not happy in this world because they need God. They need God to step in and intervene in their life. And we know that people are miserable. Now, we know there's many reasons why people could be miserable. I mean, you've, you and I have have probably survived different uh, things that have occurred to us that have made us miserable for a season, but we've climbed out of that. But some people choose to remain in those seasons. But to be a believer in Christ and still be miserable is the worst life you could possibly ever have. Because it's living a life, it's like, it's like having that fortune in your attic. You know, having a, a million dollars stored away in your attic that you're not aware of and you're struggling just to make ends meet, struggling to pay the bills and you're wondering how, how you're going to do this, how you're going to do that and having a million dollars in cash sitting in your attic and not being aware or not, not taking advantage of it. A believer's life is the same way if you choose to be miserable and live in condemnation. It's the same way. You're not taking advantage of what God has given you. Self-condemnation will rob you of your joy, of your happiness, of your life. Let me read another scripture to you to back that up. Romans chapter 14 and verse 22. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is the one who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Happy is the one who does not condemn himself. What he's saying there is that if you're, if you're living in condemnation, you're not going to be happy. But if you choose not to condemn yourself, you're going to have happiness. You're going to have joy. The Bible talks about this other term called the joy of the Lord. And you can have that when you're not busy condemning yourself. Let me point this out as well. Do you realize it's also unholy to be unhappy or to not be happy? Do you realize it's unholy to not be happy? The moment you were saved should cause you enough to joy to just jump in the air and kick your heels and do a little dance or whatever it is, throw your hands up in the air I mean, celebrate. I was going to jump right now, but I thought, no, I might fall off the stairs here. You ought to be happy and filled with joy every single day that you wake up to know that there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. That you are now living in freedom. Amen? Amen. So that's the first thing that it would rob you of is your happiness. Number two, 
The other thing that you will suffer or that it robs you of is power in prayer. And I could go on and on about this, but here's, here's what you need to know. Even condemned people pray. We all pray. But here's the difference. They don't pray with power. They don't pray with authority. When you condemn yourself, your prayers fall short. This is a prayer of, of a person that would be condemned. An example of a prayer. Oh God, uh, I pray healing for this person, for my spouse. But you know, Lord, if, if it's not your will, then Lord, I guess, you know, it's, we'll just have to live with that. Uh, that's a prayer of somebody that has been robbed of the authority that God has given them. God didn't have you become a born-again believer so that you would just pray little prayers that have no hope or power or authority in them. Where in the scriptures do you ever see anybody praying without power and authority and conviction? You can't find it because it does not exist. When you pray, pray like you are the righteousness of God. Pray with passion. Pray with power. Pray that like you know it's going to happen because that's how we pray, by faith. Amen? We rob ourselves of our effectiveness in prayer by having that thought that we're not worthy. And that's really where it stems from. We're not worthy, so why would God listen to my prayer? He knows what I've done in my past. He knows where I, what I thought today. He knows the road rage I had last night. And on and on and on and on. And, our, and then our prayers fall short because of that. Listen, listen. God loves you. He forgives you. And he, just like he told the adulterous woman, go and sin no more. And live your life like you are the righteousness of God. Amen? And your prayers will then become effective. Let's look at a scripture found in James chapter 5. You're familiar with this, I hope. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. And that's where condemnation will beat you up. But Pastor Rick, I'm not, I'm not a, a righteous person. And, and then you start to fill in all these blanks. Why? And you fail to realize the promises of God have already been declared. You are the righteousness of God. You are a son, a child, a son or a daughter of the Most High. You are a child of the King. And, you're, and you give that up. And you choose not to walk in the power of what God has given you. So again, what makes a person righteous? It's that God declared that you are already His righteousness. When he went to the cross, he forgave you of your sins. And then he said, now that you have received me as a believer, walk with righteousness. Walk as though you are my righteousness, because that's what he sees when he sees you. Reuben, he sees righteousness. He sees righteousness in Lisa over there. He sees righteousness and so forth. And yet we can choose to beat ourselves up 
and allow the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, we believe those lies rather than the word of God. We got it twisted. We got to wake up and realize that's the word of God. Satan himself is just trying to take you down. So because you are the righteousness of God, you can pray with power. You can pray with authority in the name of Jesus. Pray with authority. There is no prayer that you cannot pray. There is no demon in hell that can stand up against your prayer when you come in the name of Jesus. Amen? There is nothing that can stand against you. So Lord, help us to reach and pray with authority and with power. So the third thing that condemnation rips us off from and prevents us from doing is reaching souls, reaching others, talking to others about the gospel. And I'll tell you why real quickly. It's because the reason you don't share it with others is why would you want to share it with others so that they would feel like you feel right now, condemned. And that'll prevent you, stop you right in your tracks from sharing the gospel with someone else. Don't live in that stinking thinking, amen? That is not what God desires for you and I. Jesus came to save and he's counting on you and I to reach those around us. But Pastor Rick, I don't know, I don't know scriptures. I don't have the word of God ingrained in me. I can't memorize them. Well, then do what I always tell you here. Share what God's done in your life. Tell them what God's done in your life. How he's transformed your marriage. How he's healed you. How he's done this or that for your job. How he got you a new vehicle. How he allowed you to move into this house. How he paid that bill. How he allowed you to get through this miracle. Yes. Or, or this process. Amen. By miracles. Jesus is counting on us, on every one of us. Let's look at 1 John, Scripture 1 John in chapter 3, and verse 20 and 21. It says this, that if our heart condemns us, there's that condemnation again, that God is greater than our heart, and He knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We can't just rely on our feelings, on what our heart, on what our emotions are telling us. Because how many know that your emotions will steer you wrong at times? Your emotions, if you're just led by them, will steer you completely off a cliff sometimes. It will ruin a marriage. It will ruin a relationship. It will ru ruin your job, possibly. But we have to understand that our trust has to be placed in what the Son of God did on the cross. Jesus did it all on the cross, including saving you from condemnation. That's why he could say on the cross, it is finished. It's finished when he put his hands out. And he said, I paid the price. You no longer have to live and walk in condemnation. It's why Christ went to the cross Willingly. Won't you stand with me this afternoon as we close? Can I just tell you, He loves you again today? He loves you. And He wants to remind you today you are free from the grasp of sin and free 
from the grasp of condemnation. God does not want you to walk around for another second beating yourself up, walking in condemnation. God set you free from that already. He declared you innocent. The judge and jury, Jesus, slammed that gavel down and said, you are innocent of all charges. You do not have to walk as an accused person, as a guilty person, because he paid the price on the cross for all of your sins. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. He paid the price. How many are thankful for that today? That Jesus Christ paid the price and you don't have to walk in sin and in condemnation. Let's go to prayer right now. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is just filled with promises. Promises, Lord, not only of, of, a, of a hope and a future for each of us, but Lord, it starts with salvation, such with becoming a born-again believer, that, Lord, the moment we gave our heart to you, you forgave us of our sins, of our past. And Lord, not only that, but you came into this world to die for each of us, to give us life eternal, and to remind us that we are not to walk in condemnation, that we are the righteousness of God, that we are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we thank you for that today. I pray, Father, your blessing upon each one today. Lord, I pray, God, that you would remind us every day. Lord, help us to walk not in condemnation, but in freedom, to trust in your word, to look at you in the sacrifice on the cross. And every day as we wake up, just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for what you're doing for me. And thank you for what you're going to continue to do for me in my life. Thank you, Father. Right now with your heads bowed, if there's someone here today that just wants to turn their heart back to God, maybe you haven't, and maybe you've not been where you want to be and condemnation has been beating you up for the longest time. And today, you receive this. You receive it. And you so desperately want to get rid of that condemnation. Can I just tell you today that you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. And if that's you, I just want to pray for you. Just raise your hand if that was you today. If anybody here needs that, I'm going to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you are a God that loves us and that has set us free. That we are no longer in condemnation because of our past, because of what the accuser of the brethren might be saying. But, Lord, we have been set free. We are your children. Thank you, Father. We love you now. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And here's the blessing as we close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.
Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.